welcome back to another episode of Hold Fast, where we have biblical truths for daily battles. My name is Kenny. I am the host of the podcast, and today I'm going to dive into the really heavy topic of spiritual abuse. If you have been listening to the podcast the last few weeks, I did a three-part series where I addressed a certain article. You can go back and listen to those. I'm not going to address the article necessarily. But in the article, uh, he brought up the issue of, of spiritual abuse, and I did not deal with it specifically because I said that I would do a future episode talking about that. Um, this is honestly a conversation that's been on my mind and my heart for, for a long time. And I've, I've had different conversations about this with other pastors and people within churches. And I even think about the, the podcast that's, that's out there you may have heard of, you may have not. It's called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, which was a, if you're not familiar, big mega church out in Seattle years ago, uh, led by a pastor named Mark Driscoll. And the podcast, um, I, there's reasons that I can recommend it. There's a lot of reasons that I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. I would just ask you to use your own discernment as you do listen if you choose to listen to it. But one thing the podcast does well is it it highlights and it talks about a lot of what, what, what went on at that church and a lot of it had to do with some spiritual abuse that was going on in that congregation. Um, the podcast doesn't do a great job of addressing how to actually combat spiritual abuse in my opinion. So, um, but that was a podcast that gained a lot of popularity. I mean, it, it, it might still be the top Christian podcast statistically in the nation right now. It was for some time. And so a lot of people were listening to this. And I think part of the reason for that is not just the the popularity of Mars Hill and that church and, and Mark Driscoll as the pastor. I think a lot of the reason for that is that people experience spiritual abuse in the church often, and they, they are just hungry for somebody to talk about how they should think about it, how they should handle it. And unfortunately, there's a lot of really bad advice out there. There's a lot of really unbiblical perspectives out there on what we should do about spiritual abuse within the church. And as always, I want to remind you that this topic, just like most of the ones that we cover, I, I, I'm not going to get to every aspect of this, but I simply wanted to encourage those who may have experienced or even are in the middle of experiencing spiritual abuse. I want to kind of define it a little bit as well. I want to make sure that we we understand what we're talking about when we talk about spiritual abuse. And I, I also want to challenge pastors who may, may be actually involved in the spiritual abuse of their congregations. You might be listening to this and you might be a pastor and maybe throughout the course of this episode, you recognize some of the things that you might even be doing um, that, that could qualify as spiritual abuse. And, and my hope is that this would be a challenge for you to repent of that and to take the, the, the proper biblical steps uh, to correcting that and, and repenting from that and turning from that and to, to seek healing in your congregation. And I also hope that, that maybe there's somebody listening to this who's sitting under spiritual abuse right now and you don't even recognize it, that maybe this will help expose that so that you can, again, take the proper biblical steps to correcting that. Um, and while I won't answer every question and address every scenario, hopefully this is just a, a good introduction to this conversation to, to help us think better and more biblically about this very, very serious and, and often somber conversation. I also want to note here at the front of this episode that, that I personally have, have seen 
spiritual abuse firsthand. Uh, I'm not going to get into specifics of all of that because it's not the point of this podcast, nor do I think it's necessarily helpful right now. But but I, I want you to understand that this I'm not coming at this from a perspective of, of not ever seeing this personally and not experiencing this myself. I've experienced this. I've seen the destruction firsthand that spiritual abuse from pastors can cause. And it's ugly and it's painful. And, and sometimes as ugly as and painful as it can be, there's, there's so many times where people are in the midst of that and they don't even realize it. I've been there too been in the midst of it and I've defended it and I've, I've not even recognized what was going on around me and I think that's a problem. Um, I, I also, I know there's a lot of things that I'm kind of setting up this conversation with, but there's a lot to it. This is gonna be a longer episode than normal, but it, it needs a little bit more treatment than some of the other stuff that I've, that I've done, at least I think. Um, I wanna recommend one more resource to you and I think I've mentioned it already in the podcast. Um, I apologize if not. But I was recently listening to the Cultish podcast, and um, on there they they dealt with they had a two part series where they dealt with what I think they called the tactics of manipulators, and um, I thought it was a great two part series because it it really dealt a lot with spiritual abuse in the church. It dealt with some other stuff as well, but a big part of the conversation was spiritual abuse in the church and how pastors and leaders within the church often manipulate their people. Um, and that's a form of spiritual abuse as well. So I would highly recommend that as a resource. They get a lot deeper into the conversation and are probably a lot more helpful than I'm even going to be today. But I wanted to make sure I mention that um, for further uh, listening and, and study um, if you would like to do that. And if I remember, I'm not always good at remembering this, but I hope I do. If I remember, I will put a link to some of this stuff in the show notes that I'm mentioning as well for you to be able to just click on and check out. All right. Let's begin to talk about it. And I think it's most helpful, maybe, that we begin with a definition of spiritual abuse. What am I talking about when I talk about spiritual abuse? Because I've had conversations with people where I've brought up the term and they kind of look at me funny and they're like, what do you what do you mean spiritual abuse? And the reality is the, the word abuse can uh, ironically sometimes be abused. I mean, there is a lot of forms of abuse out there and I'm not diminishing the fact that, it, that it's happening in many forms and ways around us, but there are also times where the word abuse is used when that's not actually happening. So let me be clear about what I mean by spiritual abuse. Um, spiritual abuse in my opinion, and maybe it's most basic definition, and there's there's nuance here, and we can expand the definition if you, if you want, but the way I'm gonna talk about it, the most basic way I wanna define it is when a, a person who has some form of spiritual authority leverages that authority in an ungodly way to manipulate or hurt the people uh, that they are in authority over. Um, Again, that's a broad definition. There can be nuance and details added into that, but I think that's a really good starting point. It's when somebody who has some form of spiritual authority uh, abuses that authority, leverages that authority in such a way that it hurts, manipulates, uh, or you could even use the term uh, here again, abuses, spiritually abuses those, um, those under their authority. And this is something that is happening all around us. We are seeing pastors stepping down from their positions because of this, although many of the times that's that's not actually addressed and called out when they step down. Pastors are being fired over this, although many times that's not what's being addressed. Um, sometimes you'll hear the, the term bullying, right? I think that was used to Mark Driscoll a lot, like he was just really bullying the people in his congregation. Um, and I, I think 
I'm not saying that term's not helpful, but I, I wish that we would talk more in terms of spiritual abuse because I think this is something that needs to be exposed in other churches and places as well. Um, so that's kind of a working definition that we're going to use is when somebody in spiritual authority leverages their power to to hurt, to manipulate people under their spiritual authority. Now, this can be pastors and it and most primarily I'm talking about pastors, but it can be any spiritual leader in the church. It can be somebody who is um, leading a team of volunteers, leading a, a small group or a Bible study. It can be uh, it can even unfortunately be at times husbands and fathers within the home using their spiritual authority in the home to spiritually abuse their wives and children, that is another um, part of this conversation that, that is happening all around us as well, um, and we need, to, we need to call that out as sin when it happens too. But, but again, primarily the conversation I want to focus on is when it's happening within churches, with pastors and leaders within the church. Um, now, it happens in a lot of different ways. There are the pastors who are the, you would define them as the spiritual bully, right? They, they are very strong personality, type A, very driven, um, really strong leader is how they're often described. And they're just kind of no nonsense. They know the word really well. People like their teaching and they use that to their advantage because they, they kind of have people captive. They've got people in their churches who think, man, you know, pastor so-and-so just knows the Bible so well. Who am I to come up against him? Who am I to, to question his authority and, and the things that he's doing? And pastors who are being spiritually abusive in these scenarios, I mean, they've, they are just, they are living a constant life of spiritual abuse in their congregations because in their sermons, they're using it to berate the people that, that disagree with them. And in conversations with other people, they're often bringing up those who disagree with them and those who wanna come up against them and they're, they're trying to use the word of God in their defense and they use the word of God, they use their spiritual authority as a pastor to manipulate and to keep people down, to keep their, their naysayers and the people who would just wanna question their teaching in the shadows and 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 really um, beaten down and broken, um, and this is as all forms of spiritual abuse sinful. And a lot of times, <clears throat> the beginning stages of this, um, these pastors have a lot of defenders because again they know the word really well. And so the people around them say, well, they know the word and they're a faithful preacher of the word and they know the word better than I do. So I think maybe they're right and I'm wrong. Sometimes they're defended by the people around them saying, well, you know, I mean, I know that he was kind of rude and I know that he, he was kind of mean to you, but you know what, that's just kind of his personality. It's not that he doesn't love you, it's just, that's just who he is. That's just his personality. He just has a strong personality. I've heard this term, I have used this term at times with the people, uh, with, with pastors in my own life, and I've defended their spiritual abuse by saying some of these same things. I know what it is to make these excuses. Now, I'm a pastor, obviously, and so I want to be fair here and say that just because you have a strong personality does not mean that you're being spiritually abusive. Not necessarily. Just because you have a tendency sometimes to, to let your anger and your frustration get the best of you does not mean you're spiritually abusive. One of the questions is, one of the main questions is, are you continually repenting of that and do you have accountability on that? Do you have people in your life who can check you on that? who come up to you and say, man, you didn't handle that situation in the most Christ-like way. And you're actually willing to listen to that and to repent of that and to go to the person that you hurt and, and confess that and, and make it right and reconcile or not. Or is this a continual pattern of unrepentant behavior where the people around you are constantly being hurt by your words, hurt by the authority that you're using in their life and nobody feels like they can say anything to you? 
Most often in these scenarios, that's what happens is this: you have a pastor who's, a, who's just kind of alone at the top of the church, and he may even have other elders around him, but nobody dare say anything against the pastor because people have tried in the past, and it's been shot down, and he's not going to listen. And, and, and again, I'm not saying that every time people critique a pastor that they're right and the pastor's wrong. That's not true either. I'm asking, do we have a biblical approach to this where pastors are willing to say, you know what, let me listen to what you're saying, let me test this against the scriptures and see if you're actually right about this. Where other people in the church can come to the, to the other elders and the other pastors in the church and, and, and on the evidence of two or three witnesses, as the scripture says, point out some, some sin that happened with a pastor and those elders are actually gonna confront the pastor about it. Are these things in place or not? Because if they're not, then chances are pretty high that you have a situation of spiritual abuse. Um, it's so hard not to keep going on in some of these topics, but I just wanna, I wanna set up some of these scenarios and get us thinking in some of these terms. So that's, that's kind of one, that's a very major uh, example of this, is, is pastors who are kind of spiritual bullies, they're strong personalities, and they leverage that, and they, they just muscle through their church with their knowledge of the scriptures, even though oftentimes they are misapplying the scriptures, and, the, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a false knowledge that, that they're portraying. Um, and, and they're just kind of plowing their way through the church in that way with their spiritual authority and their perceived knowledge of the scriptures. Um, and unfortunately, those kind of pastors often also have a lot of blind followers who just, they're gonna listen to everything they say because they're a strong personality and some of these folks who are not as bold and they, they just kind of take it all in and, and they listen to all of it. So that's one form. Um, another prevalent form of spiritual abuse that I see, and, and you might disagree with me that this is spiritual abuse, but um, this is my podcast, and so I'm gonna give my opinion. I welcome conversations about these things if you ever disagree or have a different opinion, but another form of spiritual abuse that I'm seeing very prevalent in churches, um, and I'll go back to the example of Mars Hill with Mark Driscoll, because Mark Driscoll was that spiritual bully, but he also did what I'm gonna talk about here, where pastors are using their spiritual authority to do whatever it takes to grow their church, okay? Let me talk further about what I mean by this. All pastors, we want our churches to grow. We want more people to come to our churches and to hear the gospel. Wanting your church to grow is not spiritual abuse. Let me be clear about that. However, there are so many pastors who who just, they think that their job is to be the CEO of their church and to, to run it like a business. Now, there are business aspects of running a church, but the church is not a business. The church is the church. It is, it is the bride of Christ. And yes, there are, there are business aspects that we need to think about, but you are not the CEO, you are the pastor. And pastors all over the country are treating themselves like CEOs, and they're gonna fire people who get in the way of the vision and hire people who are gonna accompany the vision no matter what their spiritual life is like. They don't care as much about your spiritual life. They care whether or not you're gonna be able to, to, to keep the brand up and grow the church more, and they are just, the, the church is growing at a rapid pace. You're seeing this in so many mega churches where, where they're a mile wide and an inch deep. And I'm not saying every church like that has a spiritually abusive pastor at the helm, but I'm saying there are a lot of spiritually abusive pastors at the helms of a lot of these churches. And, and they, they seem nice. Here's, here's the tricky part, they're nice, very nice. And I'm not saying that they're not genuine in their niceness. They might not even recognize what they're doing, but they have leveraged their spiritual authority in the church to help to grow their influence, to grow their reach as a pastor and as a church, 
and, and at some point along the way, it became less about the glory of God and more about their platform. And they are, they have, and now they have to keep the race moving, right? Because now this organization's too big. They can't slow down. They can't all of a sudden say, hey, everybody that's been following after our church for years, now we're gonna dig deep into the scriptures and, and I wanna disciple you. They'll use those terms, but what they really mean is, I want to cultivate you to know our values and to know our vision so that you can perpetuate the vision of this church to our community, instead of saying, I wanna disciple you so that you can go out and make disciples in the community as well. And, and, and I'm, I know I need to be careful with this because I'm not trying to characterize every single church that might kind of fit this description as spiritually abusive, but I think there's a lot of it. And I think a lot of pastors don't recognize they're doing this because nobody's ever called them on it. They think that they're doing the right thing. Their motives may even be, be to some degree right. They wanna kind of reach people, but somewhere along the way, they forgot what it means to reach people and make disciples. And now they have leveraged their spiritual authority to grow their brand, to build their platform, and not to actually build the church, the bride of Christ. I think that's, that's a form of spiritual abuse. And I think a lot of people are waking up to that around us because the moment that you're in one of these churches, a lot of times, and you, once again, you try to speak out against some of this and say, hey, can we, can we take this a little bit deeper? You're, you're marked as someone who does, doesn't care about the church. You don't care about, you don't care about evangelism and loving people and reaching out into the community. And all you're simply trying to suggest is that maybe we actually treat the church as this is the place for believers to come and worship Christ and to grow and to bear one another's burdens first. And then we go out into evangelism. You're suggesting this and you're being told you must not care. Or sometimes in these churches, when you decide that you're gonna leave for one reason or another, the, the spiritual abuse comes out in the form of them looking at you and saying, wait a minute, but, but we've done so much together. And what do you mean you're leaving me? I mean, we've done so much for you and we've loved your family so well. Haven't, haven't we been such an awesome church family for you? And what's, where's this coming from? And, or sometimes in these churches that are growing so fast and the pastor's not really going deep in discipleship, the pastor has his own sin issues that when you go to him and you try to confront him on it, he's gonna turn it back on you. And he's, and he's gonna ignore his sin or maybe he's gonna superficially confess it but not really do anything about it. But he's gonna be dismissive and, and he's just gonna try to get move on from the conversation and not actually deal with the sin that's going on in his heart. All of this, I believe, is a form of spiritual abuse. Um, and I think those are really the two main examples that we see is you see the spiritual bully and then you see the, the CEO form of spiritual abuse where in the spiritual bully sense, um, sometimes they are you know trying to grow the church and they're, they're a strong personality, they're the bully type, but sometimes they are just simply really nice and, and they are trying to leverage the church to build their platform rather than build Christ church. Um, so let's talk for a few minutes here about what do we do, okay? Um, what do we do if we find ourselves in a church where we really believe that spiritual abuse is happening? And this one is a hard thing to answer on a podcast because I don't know your situation. If you're, if you're in the midst of a spiritually abusive situation, I probably don't really know exactly what your situation is. Um, and so I may not be able to give you the exact right answer, but I wanna give you some biblical principles to think about. I can't give you every single specific step and who to go to and how to do this, and, but I, I can give you some biblical principles here. Um, first, I want to actually draw your attention 
to 1 Peter chapter 5, because I want to read to you what a pastor is supposed to look like, um, what the heart of a pastor is supposed to be toward their people, um, and then I want to launch out of these biblical, the biblical principles in 1 Peter 5 um, to continue to have the conversation about what do we do. So let's talk about, as we, as we ask the question, what do I do if I think my pastor or church leaders are being spiritually abusive, let's first draw our attention to what a true biblical pastor is supposed to look like in this regard. First Peter chapter five, and I'm reading from the Legacy Standard Bible, by the way, which is a newer Bible translation, but it's really solid. Uh, nobody's paying me to say that. I'm just pointing it out there. If, you, if you're looking for a new Bible translation, the LSB is new and it's really good. Peter says, therefore I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed. And by the way, don't miss the fact that this is Peter the Apostle saying, I'm a fellow elder. This isn't Peter the Apostle saying, listen, guys, I'm, I'm like one of the, the leads of the church here in Jerusalem, right? Like, like I'm top dog, like I'm Peter. And, and you guys are leaders too, right? But, but like the buck stops with me, I'm Peter. No, 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 he says, I'm a fellow elder. He could have claimed his apostleship, but he said, no, I am a fellow elder, a witness of the sufferings of Christ, a partaker of the glory to be revealed just like you. We're in this together. That is a great quality of a pastor, humility in that, to serve alongside of your fellow elders, to serve the flock of God. And he goes on in verse two, 1 Peter 5, shepherd the flock of God among you, overseeing not under compulsion, but willingly, according to God, not for dishonest gain, but with eagerness, right? So you are shepherding the flock. You're not first, and this is an important distinction, you're not first leading the flock, you are leading them, but you're leading them by shepherding. You're not first a CEO. You're not first a visionary leader. You are first a shepherd of the flock of God. Overseeing, yes, oversee the church. You as a pastor have spiritual authority in your church given to you by God, but that spiritual authority only is given to you by God through the word of God. You cannot step outside of the authority of the word of God to exercise your own authority. That authority has been delegated to you from God through his word to be a pastor. You are to oversee, but not under compulsion. And, and that means for you, you you're not supposed to, to feel this compulsion like I, I have to be a pastor, but you're also not supposed to cause your people to feel a compulsion to follow your leadership and an, un, an ungodly, unbiblical compulsion, but willingly, according to God, and not for dishonest gain. Now, Peter, I believe, is primarily talking about dishonest financial gain, and we have a lot of that in the church through prosperity gospel preachers, which is another massive form of spiritual abuse, by the way. Preachers like Joel Olstein, um, who who is a prosperity gospel preacher, and I know that I know that it makes people uncomfortable to call names at times, but but when when somebody is all about just preaching a positive message and simply building their church and there's no full gospel message of sin and repentance in there and they're continuing to financially gain from this without preaching the whole message of the gospel, it's hard not to think that there is some dishonest gain going on there. But with eagerness, not for dishonest gain, but with eagerness, eagerness to serve the Lord and serve his people. Nor, nor yet as lording it over those allotted to you. And there's, there's the, the condemnation of spiritual abuse. Don't lord your authority over them. Lording your authority doesn't always look like bullying. Sometimes it looks really nice. Don't lord your authority over them. But being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, don't you forget that you are a shepherd of the flock of God, but there is a chief shepherd that you will answer to one day. 
And when you shepherd in the way that he's called you to, Peter says, you'll receive the unfading crown of glory. But when you don't, you're gonna have to give an account to the Lord for the souls of those that he entrusted to you. Did you shepherd them or did you spiritually abuse them? This is the call of a faithful shepherd. And so in this whole question of what do I do if I think I'm under spiritual abuse, first, weigh your pastor and the leaders of your church against this passage in 1 Peter 5. Does this describe your pastor or not? If it does not, go to Matthew 18. And I would say Matthew 18 describes the situation as first go to that individual and, and take the word of God with you and take 1 Peter 5 and say, I don't see this in your life. As a matter of fact, here are some examples of things that I see where you've, you've pastored in a way that is contrary to this passage and beg and plead with them to repent. And if they won't, then take two or three witnesses with you. Two or three other people, I would say preferably at that point, an elder or multiple other elders in the church, other leaders in the church, who you can go to and say, let's go and talk to him together. Let's take this to him together. And if he still won't listen, then take it to the church. Find a way to bring this before the congregation because at that point, that pastor, in my opinion, if there's truly sin there, if he's truly pastoring in a way that is contrary to 1 Peter 5 and the qualifications that we see elsewhere in scripture, if he's truly being an unfaithful, unbiblical pastor and he's not repenting and he's ignoring it and he's brushing over it he's trying to to deflect the issue then I believe that he needs to be taken down from ministry and I don't believe he should be allowed to shepherd the flock of God now there's some really difficult situations where you're under spiritual abuse and, and that abuse is so prevalent within the church that even if you take it to the elders they're not going to listen and that's, that's, again, I, I can't address every specific here, but I know those situations to be true with, with many people at times. That's a really hard situation. And, and, and it's a really hard thing to tell somebody exactly what they need to do and, and whether or not to leave their church or not. I, I don't wanna give counsel about leaving a church over a podcast. That is a one-on-one -on -one conversation that I would wanna have with somebody uh, because that's a conversation that must be taken seriously. That's a conversation that must be had with, with the Bibles in hand, seeking what you should do to, to please the Lord in that situation. But I do believe that the, the right advice, if you are facing spiritual abuse, is to take it to that person. If they won't listen to you, take two or three witnesses. This is the process of church discipline. And by the way, pastors are supposed to be able to fall under church discipline as well when they are in sin. And if they're not willing to fall under the process of church discipline, good, biblical, faithful church discipline, then that just further proves their spiritual abuse and their need for discipline. So um, here's what I would ask as I begin to wrap this up. We just talked about a little bit of what to do. What I'm asking you, if you're listening to this and, and you go, all right, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to take this to the pastor. Um, please don't, don't do this without much prayer and consideration. Don't do this without consulting God's word. Don't do this without consulting another godly brother or sister in Christ and ask them for prayer and for insight as you go into this conversation with, with the pastor or the leader, whoever it is that you need to go to. Don't do this quickly. Be slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to get angry. That applies here. That applies here as it does everywhere. Um, I, this, this was not my attempt to rally the troops to go and just, just dethrone all the pastors that they think are spiritually abusive because I think that there are times that, here's, here's another point that I could have spent a lot of time talking on. There are a lot of times that pastors are accused of spiritual abuse when all they're doing is being faithful to preach the word of God, okay? 
Let me be very clear about that. If you think your pastor is spiritually abusive because he's simply teaching the truth of the word of God and you don't like it, he's not being spiritually abusive. You are being sinful in your rebellion against the Lord and his word and not wanting to submit yourself to the authority of God's word. Make that clear as well. Now, um, again, this is not my advice to you to just go and try to dethrone your pastor because you think he's spiritually abusive. That is not even remotely close to what I'm trying to do. I am just simply trying to get us to think about this issue in a biblical way to get you praying about, if you truly are in a situation of spiritual abuse, to get you praying about that, to get you considering how you can lovingly and with boldness and truth confront the issue or to bring it to somebody who can. Um, so this is not this is not my attempt to just, like I said, rally the troops. This is my attempt to hopefully get you to be thinking rightly about this. I would love to talk to you if you find yourself in this situation and you still got questions, you still wanna talk further about this. I would love to talk with you, to pray with you, to pray for you, um, and to hopefully give you some some biblical uh, counsel in, in how you what, what steps you should take next in this situation. If it's not me, find another faithful pastor or brother or sister in Christ who you can talk to about this and to begin to process this in a biblical way to, to honor Christ Christ in how you handle this situation. Um, thanks, by the way, for, for bearing with me. I know this is a longer episode. It's almost double um, what most of our episodes do end up being, and, and I apologize for that, um, but but not really at the same time because I just had a lot more I wanted to say um, on this issue than, than some others. So, um, Thanks as always for listening. If this is helpful or, or challenging or encouraging to you, um, would you would you send it to somebody? And and pastor, if you're listening to this and you've recognized some tendencies of spiritual abuse in your own life, please, I'm begging you, I'm begging you to take that to the Lord. I'm begging you to to take that to your fellow elders. I'm begging you to confess that and repent of that and to take the right biblical steps to correct that and pursue reconciliation with your church. Don't allow your pride to get in the way. Examine yourself. Test yourself truly against the scriptures. Do you match that description that I said in 1 Peter 5? And if this has challenged you, I, I challenge you to reach out to, to me as well. I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to, 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 to talk with you as well if you're a pastor and, and you find this within yourself. Um, sorry, that was one more tangent that I had to go on. Uh, I, I'm gonna wrap it up here because I, I could go on, but but thanks for listening. Thanks for, for continuing to support the podcast by listening. Uh, I would appreciate it if you are able to share this, whether on social media, through text message to somebody that you think uh, would, would benefit from this. Give us ratings and reviews wherever you're listening to this because that helps other people see it as well. But for now, that has been another episode of Hold Fast. Lord willing, we'll be back next week with another episode. God bless.